welcome to Kaiseki Anime, where we air new episodes every other week. Kaiseki covers currently airing anime, older series seen recently, and other relevant topics for the season. I'm your host, Marina, of the blog Anime BNB, and with me is my co-host, Draggle, of the cleverly titled Draggle's Anime Blog. This week, we discuss Shadow's House and Summertime Rendering. So can you guess the theme for this week's episode? Sequels that there's enough out that we can talk about? Wait a minute, that's not the only similarity, although that is kind of true. Oh, it's like uh, darkness and betrayal. The literal use of shadows in both of them. Oh, that's right. There are shadows (laughs) in summertime (laughs) rendering. (laughs) That's right. Wow, how clever were we when we came up with this common theme? Yes, I know. I'm very clever. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you did say there were sequels, although to be more accurate, uh, Summertime Rendering is still ongoing. It was just a two-core show that is continuing into its second core, while Shadow's House actually did have a break between its first and its second season. I feel like there's not much difference there. So many shows do that like short break thing now. Yeah, a lot of them do. Although, I mean, now we've got sequels this season that it feels like we never expected them to get sequels anytime soon. Oh, yeah, like uh, a Demon Lord something or other. Yeah, Demon Lord. And then I, I didn't really expect an Atawa Rerimono sequel, honestly. Oh, yeah, I didn't either. But I'm quite happy about that one. I love that show. Yeah, so Shadow's House, you're right. Uh It feels like it's just sort of one continuous thing, because it wasn't that long ago that we had the first season. And for that, I'm glad, because I really enjoy this show, and I'd be sad if they just dropped it there. Yeah, me too. Although I'm I'm a bit regretful that I enjoyed it too much, which caused me to read the manga. So now I I already know what's going to happen, and it's a bit less exciting. Oh, is that is that so? Like, are you not enjoying the manga, though? No, I'm enjoying the manga, too. But okay. I think I like the anime better. Oh, interesting. Why do you think that is? I mean, the manga is good too, but the the anime it all, all comes across as more more dramatic, I guess, and mysterious, and it gives you like a better sense of fear. The manga is interesting because it's it's actually like very short chapters, like just oh. I forget like ten pages or so maybe, and it's all in color actually. Wait, really? Yeah. That's kind of rare, isn't it? It's very rare, yeah. I I don't know what's up with the manga. I find that interesting because I wonder then in that case, if you had read the manga before seeing, say, the first season anime, do you think you'd feel the same way? Yeah, I, I think I would. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I don't often hear you say that. The the manga is good too, but the, the anime is really good. Does it capture sort of the atmosphere and that, that tension that we get in the anime? A little bit, but not not quite as well, I think. Okay. I think the the sound helps a lot, especially mm-hmm. with, like, the horror things. Yeah. I don't know why that is, but... Now you say that it's horror, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm curious, though. Do you, do you really find it, like, it fits within the horror genre? Does it actually scare you when you watch it? Not most of the time, but it definitely has horror elements. A little bit of body horror, like... What are these kids and they're, how they're treated like dolls um, and then yeah. how the one girl uh, dies or whatever. 
Yeah, it's pretty unsettling when we find out the truth. Even, even from the very beginning of like the first season, right? When mm-hmm. we first meet Emilico, it's really, really hard to believe that she isn't actually a human. That's what they try to get you to believe, right? Right, right. They're living dolls or whatever. They're, they're shadows faces. And you don't really know how they came about, but they seem so real that you view them as real. And then when you find out like what really happens, which I think is at the end of the first season, right? Then mm-hmm. it's a horror, right? It's terrifying, like how they're pulling these kids from nearby villages and doing this to them. Exactly. And then here we have the second season now. Yeah. And there's the whole creepiness of like the mind brainwashing, right? With the coffee. Exactly. And then like, you're, you're right. What's her name? She just disappeared. I don't know what happened to her. Oh, we don't know what happened to her. I don't remember. Oh, Their friend that wasn't doing the test with them, right? Yeah, okay. It's good I didn't spoil it for you. (laughs) I don't think they know, right? Because didn't they mention... No, I think you're right. I think you're right. They don't know. Yeah. The most recent episode, the shadows were... They were making those shadow dolls together, right? The little toys. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, this one's for her. Right. For next time we meet. Yeah, and they haven't really uh, talked about what happened to her much, I guess. No. Wow. Okay. I'm glad you didn't say anything to me if you found that out in the manga. Yeah, but that like that part's pretty horrifying. No. The coffee's pretty horrifying. Like it's pretty creepy in the manga too, but just the way they animate like their eyes when they're jugged out on coffee and the way oh, they yeah. talk is pretty creepy. I think they do a great job of doing that, making it very clear when they are being controlled. They do, yeah, yeah. And just the the, the voicing adds a lot to the sense of weirdness of it all like one of the things i i especially find really creepy is uh how they all refer to themselves in the third person yeah like john is going to do this or you know does kate do that i'm trying to remember if she does Uh, i think she does it's funny that i I didn't really think about it but now that you bring it up they do do that yeah i wonder why i I think it's to i don't know it seems creepy to me I feel like it's a very Chunibyo thing, you know, if you hear someone doing it in real life. (laughs) But, like, having the characters do it here, it's not like a a cute quirk that you're going to grow out of. They seem to all do it. And I wonder if it's, like, something that's, like, reinforced into them or something to to give them their sense of identity. Yeah, I was thinking something like that, too. But the the, uh, living dolls, they don't do that, do they? I guess they do it with their shadow's name. Right. Yeah. But for themselves, like Emilico, she doesn't call herself Emilico, right? She doesn't say, Oh, Emilico loves being with Kate. I don't I don't does think she? she does. But I'd have to double double check. So yeah, you might be onto something with the reinforcing a sense of identity. Well yeah, and then just like their identities from when they're children to when they become adults, and then also like this weird in between the whole star bearer thing. Mm-hmm. When we're looking at, say, Barbara's character, like, what the heck happened to her? Um, we already know that their personalities kind of take a little bit of a change when they, they drink the coffee and then they're sort of loyal to the house. But like the past that we see and the present that we see of Barbie and Barbara are so different. Mm-hmm. But I'm really hoping that they explain what happened to her. Yeah, with us filing, I can say that uh, you will uh, not be disappointed. Really? Well, you'll find out. Okay. I wonder if it has something to do with that that Christopher that they keep referring to. Maybe, maybe. 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 <laughs> you know, don't you? 
Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with this show. And at first, I was really scared with the more recent episode when they first found that barn and the research society. I thought they were going to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. But then it turned out okay, I think. I, I like Ollie and Oliver. They're like funny in a quirky scientist kind of way, but I'm also kind of scared that they might be sort of mad scientist, you know? <laughs> da, da, da. Like, what is he going to do to them in the future, maybe, for the <laughs> sake of his science? Well, we'll find out soon, yeah. Really? Yeah, really. Hmm. But see, you're, you're, you're very creeped off by things, too. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious what's going on with the whole robed figure that they're all worried about, right? That they're like, well, it's either an adult going into the children's wing mm-hmm. or <laughs> didn't one of them come up with the idea like maybe it's a bunch of scorches inside there or something who knows like what is up with that figure right, right. and i just want to know like why the scorches become that way like what are they hmm. maybe we'll find out <laughs> <laughs> the the one thing that uh i don't like so much about this show is it's oh. a bit like uh Maybe this is more in the manga, but it's become like a bit more uh, shonen rankings thing. Oh. Like the you have the kids, and then they have the star bears, and then they have the adults. And then it's not much of a spoiler to say that later on they have like different levels in the adults' house. Oh, I think they've uh, referred to that in the past before. Yeah, and everyone's trying to get promoted and stuff and talking about their, their levels. I don't know. Do you think that's really shonen? I feel that that's just human nature. That's very natural to want to level up, to want to like keep moving up a chain. Yeah, I, I think so. Just the way they do it seems a bit shonen. Okay. They always talk about it, and they're like, "Oh, I want to, I want to be grandfather's favorite assistant." So right now in the anime specifically, they keep talking about becoming a star bearer. So you're saying that in the manga, they they continue that past the star bearer, that kind of attitude. Not these characters specifically, but, like, other characters in the adult's house okay. are trying to get promoted and stuff. And, like, mm-hmm. at work for girl people, like, sure, you want to get promoted, but you don't think about it 24-7 and expect, like, immediate returns on it. It's just uh, the constant focus on it is a, a bit much at times. It seems a little cutthroat, like, corporate culture, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just kind of thinking, like, how does that work with shonen? Other than, like, I guess the the idea in shonen is that you're always trying to one up what you were before, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking of like fighting shonens, where it, I don't know. It always feels like, oh, we've reached this rank. Now we have to reach the next. Now rank. we have to move. There's up. a new test. Yeah, yeah. Like how they had that uh, the test to I forget even what that test was for. The one where I think they it was drank just for them the to. End. To stay, right? Yeah, that's right. Otherwise, they would have been scrapped. Yep, yep. Which I guess is the mystery with their one friend. Exactly. Just just that uh, testing, ranking up mentality feels very shonen to me. Oh, her name is Rum and Shirley. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Shirley. Oh, she was such a sweet girl. I hope they tell us what happens with her this season. I hope so, too. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I guess one thing I want to end on before we move on into the next show is the whole idea of shadows, since that was like the thing that made me put these two shows together and like what the nature of the shadow is specifically in Shadow's house. Mm-hmm. Because typically when we think of shadows, uh, it's just like a, a part of us humans, right? It's just like a play of light. Right. And 
and it's like flipped in this show, right? Where it's the shadows who are the main characters and the humans that are connected to them are their metaphorical shadows. Right. They're dolls. They're dolls. They're living dolls. They're faces, as they sometimes call them, too. Yeah. But I'm just kind of wondering how these shadows even get their personalities, because from what I've seen, it seems like they're actually quite different from their human counterparts. Yeah, it does seem that way. You have, like, Emiliko and Kate, and couldn't be more different. John and Sean are pretty They're different totally too. different, yeah. Sean's the, like, quiet, plotting one, and John is the uh, doesn't-think-before-he-talks type. Yeah, and so our living dolls, like, they've had their minds erased one or multiple times, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, like, what is the real personality? Are the shadows, like, the truest personality of what their humans used to be like? Is it something, like, totally different? Like, I'm just curious, like, how they became what they became. Mm. I'll have to wait to find out. Do you know the answer? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe? <laughs> no, I just find it really interesting, like, how unique all of these characters are and how different they are from their uh, the dolls and the shadows are. And would like to know a little bit more about how that's created. Yeah, they did a really good job on the characterization. It feels like all of them have a really strong personality. And that that's yeah. true in the manga, too, even though they have less time and don't say as much. And I feel like we're not in that big of a setting, right? I mean, we're in the house. It is a large house. Mm-hmm. But because the characters are so strong, even if we're only in like a couple of different places per episode, it doesn't feel constrained to me. No, not at all. It feels like a, a big world with lots of mystery and uh, betrayal. And we, we haven't like even seen a lot of the children's wing, it feels like. Yeah. Especially, they're kind of, like, confined in where they can go based on their roles. Right. It just makes me curious, you know, we're already almost halfway through the summer season. Some shows are already halfway through. And this is only going to be 12 episodes. Where where are they going to end <laughs> by the end of the season? And I, I do not see it being actually finished. Like, they're going to have to do more seasons, right? Uh, yeah, it's definitely not going to finish. Okay, I'm I'm welcoming more. I would be happy to have more Shadows House. I just hope they end it in a good spot. Yeah, me too. Hopefully we'll get a third season. Don't worry, I need more than that, to be honest. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Well, with that, then we can move on to our other Shadow show of the season, Summertime Rendering. Yes, the shadows here are also creepy, but in quite a different way. I am actually really loving this show. I fell behind... And only recently caught up on it. And it was awesome. Just like binging. Something like five or six episodes is what I was behind. I did the exact same thing. I felt like it got a lot better in this more recent episodes. Yeah. I was kind of losing interest in especially like the first three quarters of a season or so. Oh, really? So that's only like nine episodes, eight episodes. You were already losing interest? Yeah, a little bit. It just felt like, oh, I've seen similar shows before, but it really came into its own, I think, in in, in the last few. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. You said that it felt like, oh, we'd already seen shows like this before, and from the very beginning, I read people comparing this most frequently to Higurashi no Nakakori ni, when they cry, right? Yeah, I thought it was, uh, I was also doing that comparison. Did you have any others that brought, came up to mind? Wasn't like Mirai Nikki kind of like this or Danganronpa? Oh, I didn't watch Danganronpa. I feel like it, it, it's sort of like, oh, uh, there's 
this whole genre of like someone's betrayed us and figuring out the mystery of what's going on. And Umineko, obviously. I also get vibes from, uh, well, just like a similar unsettling feeling and also like the small town aesthetic from Shiki, if you remember that one about vampires. Yep, yep. But yeah, no, I have to agree. I kind of had like a similar feeling with summertime rendering, especially with the whole small town, isolated town, and then time travel. Right. And there being actual murders, people actually dying. Yeah, the time travel when you die uh, definitely reminds you of Higurashi. And also uh, Ray Zero. And there was like a current, there was a recent revelation in summertime rendering that they made that I, I liked. That I feel like was also on Ray Zero, although it's been a while. Uh, the whole shifting starting point. Yeah, that was in Ray Zero. That was also sort of in, in Higurashi. Was it? I can't remember. It's been so long. Towards the end, Rika was worried that she she wouldn't be able to keep retrying because the uh-huh. Shine Girls goddess's power was running out. Yeah, isn't that like an interesting idea? I wonder how long around that idea of time travel has been of not being able to always return to the same starting point that you're always having to move a little bit forward. Right, right. But I like it. Yeah, it it's, makes it feel like there's still a lot of pressure, even though yeah. you keep going over and over again. I don't feel like I had that sense of pressure as much in Higurashi. It felt like, with the original series at least, not mm-hmm. talking about any of the sequels or the remake, that there wasn't as much of a concern about like not being able to do the same events over and over because that's just what they did. They would do it for like thousands of times, right? Yeah, in Higurashi, it has a, a bit different sense of horror, where it's the sense of repeating this suffering forever, it, where in summertime rendering, that's not the case at all. It's more, uh, oh, even though we're time traveling, we're going to run out of time and we're going to die forever. Yeah. Like Rika, she would have loved to die forever, but she couldn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so messed up. <laughs> yeah, what do you find the most unsettling, I guess, about the uh, show? summertime rendering it, it has a a different sense of uh, fear than something like higurashi did because in mm-hmm. higurashi it was all about learning to trust your friends and stuff this one they they mostly trust their friends from the beginning but then these shadows can disguise themselves as your friends and murder you right so that that's a bit different although i think lately they they managed to identify them i guess because uh What's the blonde-haired girl? She can tell who they are. Ushio? Ushio, yeah. So that's become yeah. a bit less of a thing. But it was cool at the start where it's like, is this really Mio or is this Mio's shadow who's going to murder me? Yeah, before we learned like one of the easier ways to tell, right, which was like stepping on their shadow, mm-hmm. uh, that was pretty awesome when they were able to figure that out. Before that point, it was terrifying. You had no way of knowing. Exactly. Right, You had to like go off of cues, which you could do as the audience, and it was kind of fun to do, right? To be like, wait... She wasn't wearing those clothes earlier, right? Right, right. <laughs> uh, you, you would make guesses like that, or like, wasn't she in this area? Why is she here now? That has to be a shadow. I liked being able to participate like that as a viewer. Yeah, it definitely lets you uh, lets you figure out a bit of the mystery yourself without just showing it to you. Yeah. But it's also it also feels less focused on the mystery than Higurashi. Like Higurashi, mm-hmm. it was a lot of uh, who's done it kind of thing. This one is more of a more emphasis on like fighting, which I, I don't like quite as much. Oh, you don't like that? I, I've never liked fighting too much. 
I didn't think it was too overboard. I feel like only the more recent episodes have had like a heavy emphasis on like figuring out a like an attack plan. That's you know, true. the whole like school ambush. Yeah, that one was especially heavy on the fighting. Yeah, and all the other ones, I feel, have been mostly them trying to puzzle things out, talking to one another, trying to figure out who they can talk to, and how to stop certain people from becoming shadows. I thought there was more of that. I didn't um, find it to be too action-heavy. Yeah, but still a bit action-y. When you have uh, that sniper guy and the the girl with the glasses with her ninja moves. I honestly love those characters, though. I like so. them, too, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that we don't have too many, though. I think you're right that having just a few of the characters be extremely physically competent is good, so it doesn't just turn into an overall fight show, right? Yeah. But uh, is it Nezu or whatever? He's really cool with his gun. I really like the old man. Yeah, I like the recent addition, too, of the, the girl with the shadow helpers. Yeah. And the way Ushio fights is pretty cool, too. Well, she fights like a shadow. Yeah, Because she is a shadow. Yeah. I think that style of combat that the shadows can do is pretty unique. You can Mm -hmm. just, like, slide along the ground and in between cracks like a shadow. Exactly, yeah. I think they uh, animated that, portrayed that really well. Yeah. But, yeah, you were talking about Tokiko, the sister, right? Yeah, that's right. I like her. Strays, I think, is what Haina calls them. Yep. Yeah, I'm really relieved they were able to turn Tokiko because that was pretty terrifying when she was first against them, right? Yeah, that was that was a good episode. <laughs> I was like, you didn't really expect humans on the island. I mean, I guess you could be suspicious of it, right? That there were maybe some people on the island who were in league with the shadows. Yeah, we were suspicious of the the, the boys, their father for a while. Which father? Tokiko and the the guy friend's father. Oh, the doctor. Yeah, the doctor. Well, I mean, we had every right to be. He is in the wrong. He is a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, I, I didn't think uh, Tokiko would be in on it, too. Oh, no, because she was such good friends with Mio, right? Like, the two of them were always together. Like, why would you do something that would endanger Mio's life? Exactly. Well, I mean, that is kind of the turning point for her as well, right? When she finds out that they did betray her yeah. and used Mio. Exactly. Well, and I don't think they mentioned that they were going to murder everyone on the island either. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. (laughs) Originally, she was, I think, just doing it for her father's reasons, right? For the father, the mother, and then her and her brother to live forever. No, I don't think she even knew about that. I thought she thought they were just, like, giving corpses to her so they could revive her mother. Oh. She didn't know that she was going to be a shadow. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty fucked up of the father <laughs> to, like, be like, oh, well, you know, I got mine. You guys, you're on your own. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Tokiko would be much less redeemable if that were her position. <laughs> yeah, like, I want Mio to also go with me to this forever, this fake Mio and fake me to go on forever in another world. Yes. <laughs> I, I really like the fake Mio, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's so fun having two of them. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to the doujins later. For only a few more days, Draggle. Remember, she needs she needs to uh, consume her original form if she's going to stick around. Well, maybe they'll figure something out. I think they should just go through with it and get rid of her. No, not. I think that would be better yeah. writing. Just like, just say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with you. She's been kind of fun having as like an unfiltered Mio, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I read someone calling her, like, the ultimate wingman, but for herself, right? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I thought that was actually brilliant uh, when they were trying to go uh, get his father. Mm -hmm. So his father and they uh, 
swapped out Tokiko with Miel. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see that one coming. I didn't see that one coming at all. Yeah, but that was that was pretty good. Yeah, I think that the show is still doing a really great job of writing in surprises like that, but in a completely like logical, believable way. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes I feel like with these like supernatural kind of time traveling mystery shows that it can be a little bit of a stretch. Some of the the things they do. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then I have a hard time seeing like how they got to where they got. Yeah, you know what I mean. Actually, the, that reminds me. The other thing interesting about this show is how their enemy can also do the time loop. Well, yeah, because that was originally her eye, right? Exactly. So it's it's not the same every time, or almost the same, like it is in Higurashi. Oh, that's true. It's like an adversarial situation. That's another thing that makes it scary, right? Because the fact that she is aware that she can also go back in time and is able to react. Oh, and remember they put that like seal on his arm, right? So she always knows where he is too. Yeah, exactly. He has a lot of handicaps. So it's like a combat between these two time travelers. Yeah. And like even even though in the latest episode they killed the one guy, I'm thinking like, oh, well, if he dies again, he might go back to before that guy died. I don't think they actually killed him. I think that oh, they she was able to save him. Uh, remember, she did the whole like vaporizing of all the air, the oxygen in the room, so she could escape with him. Oh, I thought she just escaped by herself. Yeah, uh, I think right. they they brought it up that Ushio wasn't able to fully erase him or overwrite him. Uh, okay, but it seems like he got injured or something. Yeah, they were about to win, or at least they were about to to get that guy. Right, right, and like. Do a mortal blow to Heine, but now it's now I don't know. Yeah, the the other thing I'm wondering about is I I feel like they're going for an ending where they make up with Heine somehow. Yeah, because they gave a bit of backstory about her, right? Yeah, where she's a very cute little girl and she just wants well, even further than that. How she's supposed to be like the the god child, right? Of I can't remember her parents' names, uh, old Japanese gods, and she is Hiriko, and Heine is apparently, like, the first human that she copied or something. Mm. Yeah, I don't see how they're going to redeem her, though, since she murdered all these people. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure it's going to be, like, a true redemption, other than just, like, maybe putting her to rest or, like, getting to her getting her to accept something some sort of separation or something i don't know because yeah. when we first saw her with nagumo she uh seemed to be a nice girl right kind of right right and the consensus seems to be from what i've seen, read that people think she started changing when she first licked her bleeding finger like that awoke something in her or something i would believe that yeah because it's like shortly after that where her hunger goes out of control and then she attacks Rinosuke, right? And then you have, like, this weird conflicted, these two personalities where her eyes change. And it's back to that little girl, Heine, the original one that she was friends with. Like, not having any memory of what happened and saying that she didn't do it. And then when we have, like, Rinosuke's soul, like, rebounding off of her back to his sister, it's like, well, what if that's the ending? Like, what if at the end she gets all that back? The goodness that left her, that bounced off her and went to um Nagumo and also now... Shinpei. Like maybe that's the end goal? Maybe. That would be an interesting ending. But then that would probably mean saying goodbye to Rinosuke. And mm-hmm. they talked about it already, about like saying goodbye to all of the shadows, even the, the quote-unquote good shadows like Ushio. Yeah, that's true. But I'm pretty sure that would also result in Shinpei like, losing his ability to, to time travel and all of that. Right. Well, I guess we'll see what, what happens. I mean, we're at like 16 of 25, and this is anime original, right? Oh, is it? I didn't know that. 
No, this is a manga. <laughs> like why I was like, wait a minute, let me go double I check. I thought it was a manga. I feel like I read the start of it, but then I never didn't get very far. This manga is not that old. It was from 2017, and it's done. So like, we could spoil ourselves, right? We could. I'm not going to. And apparently, there's some sort of weird spin-off. Summertime rendering 2026, The Room That Dreams of Murder. Huh, interesting. That one was published earlier this year in the spring. Or maybe I'll Oh, check it's about Runosuke Nagumo. <laughs> okay. Huh. Interesting. Okay, well, I'm not going to read this. Me either. I've been wanting to read more manga, but I'm really adamant about only reading ones that are complete. I get really mad when it's a releasing one, and then they don't release, like, the next volume for freaking years. <laughs> so... <laughs> If this one's complete and available, I will maybe read it, but after this anime. Okay, I'll have to recommend you some good completed manga. Yeah, if you could do that, I would appreciate it. Okay, I'll do it. But do you have any final thoughts about Summertime Rendering? Can't wait to see what happens. I'm surprised I I like this so much. Same. Tune in again to Kaiseki Anime Podcast two weeks from now. Please feel free to send us questions or comments on Twitter with hashtag KaisekiAnimePodcast or on our individual accounts at Draggle underscore Kuhn and at AnimeBMB. Listen and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so we can continue to grow and improve. You can also find us on Google Play. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>